Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's October 18th. 2008, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. So it was on this day that the then Radio 2 presenters, Jonathan Ross and Russell Brand, failed to get through to their celebrity special guest on the phone, then 78-year-old Fawlty Towers star, Andrew Sachs. Uh, And in response... They thought it would be amusing to leave him a series of juvenile answer phone messages crowing about Bran's sexual encounters with Sax's granddaughter, Georgina Bailey. And it's funny, I listened back to it recently, and I must confess I, I actually defended it at the time because I thought it was a funny piece of radio, but it's more cringy than I had remembered. And the joke of it is pretty much this, that there's an elephant in the room that must not be said, which is that Brand has had sex with uh, Andrew Sachs's granddaughter, Georgina Bailey, and then Jonathan Ross blurts out in the worst way possible that very fact, and then they ring back over and over again to apologise, but each time they make it worse and it's basically don't mention the war from faulty towers <laughs> and obviously if you look at the full transcript it goes on for quite a while they ring back on multiple yeah, like occasions. 17 minutes yeah there's a lot of sexual content there was some stuff that was actually cut from the eventual broadcast so it did go on even further than the ultimate version and i have to say although looking back it does seem very juvenile and very much in that kind of laddish edgy style of humor that was popular at the time and now seems quite unkind and dated there is still the really funny bit, which is when Brand does his little made-up <laughs> song. This was in the third message, right? Oh, go on. Where he does the, I'd like to apologise for the terrible attacks, Andrew Sachs. That bit. I mean, that bit is funny. That's some good spontaneous rhyming. It is an incredible demonstration of a comic talent, but it's a comic talent that has been let too far off the leash, I think. These giant comic egos actually do have to be kept in check when they are mm. representing the publicly funded broadcast of the most listened to radio station in the UK. That's where this went wrong. If this had been on Radio X, I don't think it would have mattered. It's that it was on Radio 2, the nation's favourite. And also the thing that kept coming to me as I was revisiting this event, I really thought this harks back to a simpler, meaner time, doesn't it? Remember when edgy humour was all the rage? Little Britain had just gone off the air the year before the in-betweeners had just started broadcasting like this was Mm. really a time when that kind of out there pushing the boundaries in a kind of childish way was Mm. really you know people were really eating that kind of thing up and the weird thing is though because this style of humor was so in vogue is that the evening that the show aired there weren't any complaints Mm. partly because it sounded like the cultural zeitgeist yes but partly because it took the mail on Sunday to really stir it up the following week. The following Sunday note, eight days later. It's extraordinary to think about now, isn't it? We're only talking about 2008, but back then, stories were so far away from erupting in real time that you'd have essentially a sort of cancel culture story that went for weeks. Mm. You know, It did reach 18,000 complaints, but only after a few weeks after it was broadcast. And then it became the third 
most complained about show in recent BBC history, behind only the airing of Jerry Springer, the opera, and then the rolling coverage of Prince Philip's memorial. And I think you can tell that Russell Brand underestimated what was about to happen because he had been tipped off that the Mail on Sunday was going to be running this story. So when he was recording the next edition of his show, which went out on a Saturday night, he sort of tried to get ahead of the story in a humorous way by including an apology to Andrew Sachs in the show. But it was very facetious. He was all, I'm mm. sorry I've been so Russell naughty. Brand, facetious? Oh, yeah. It was, you know, it was, a, it was obnoxious. And it was overshadowed by his insistence that the prank was funny which he kind of kept returning to this theme and then including a rant at the mail where he said what's worse leaving a swear word on Andrew Sachs's answer phone or tacitly supporting Adolf Hitler when he took charge of the third Reich <laughs> fair point well I think Andrew Sachs to be fair felt that way a little bit as well I don't know if you've happened to stumble across the clip of him being doorstop by Sky News um, mm. but you know there's a whole load of journalists barraging him outside his house at exactly this point where the kind of complaints gone viral but at the moment you know Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross still have their jobs and he essentially says in the loveliest softest I'm your granddad cuddly jumper kind of way look they're entertainers I'm an entertainer they're entertainers. Sometimes you take things too far. I'm a bit disappointed. They've sent me some nice flowers and some very nice letters, which I'll respond to in time. I mean, he had himself no grasp on how big this whirly yeah. gig had become. I mean, there's one point where one of the reporters says to him, has the director general of the BBC apologised? And you can see that just the nature <laughs> like, of the question what? just baffles him. And he can't remember. He's like, yeah. um... I can't remember what the Director General said about this really weird incident. I, he's, I think he has, yes. Has he? I don't know. That said, ye- years later, he'd kind of amended his uh, his take on it. And maybe it was because it then escalated further and further over the coming weeks and months. But by 2014, uh, he spoke to the Daily Mail and, and said that this was cruelty that will haunt him forever. He said, for all my family, the unpleasant incident that hid the headlines in October 2008 was hugely distressing. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it was that it just kept rolling and it became worse and worse. It probably was a humiliation in the first place for any Russell Brand listeners, but then it became a national humiliation once it hit the headlines of the tabloids. But let's talk about the nature of the humiliation itself, because yes, Russell Brand had had sex with Georgina Bailey, and that's the thing that, you know, they're dancing around saying, but it's a bit more than that, isn't it? She's in a cabaret group at the time called the Satanic Sluts. She had a previous life in pornography and being a dominatrix, and her drug-taking was then exposed by the tabloids as well. As a result of this voicemail, all of that stuff got raked over Mm. by the press. For clickbait, by the way, lots of pictures of her in hot pants with these stories Mm -hmm. saying how disgusting it is, you know, classic Daily Mail stuff. And that then was brought to the attention of her grandparents. And so what's the shame that we're unpicking here? The shame is, my granddaughter has a sexual life. I mean, actually, I'm presenting a completely different way to someone who, by his own admission, as he says, is an entertainer in the entertainment industry and its showbiz, doesn't have to be embarrassing at all. I suppose so, but but still the fact that Ross shouted out he effed her on one of the biggest comedy shows of the day is a different kind of level of embarrassment. And she wasn't famous, you know. She was sort of Mm. tangentially in the entertainment world, but she certainly wasn't a household name. So really, he is just exposing the private life of just a random person. You know, it's nothing to do with her that her grandfather was in Vaulty Towers. And I think that her involvement in the whole thing kind of gets shut out of the story because it becomes about... BBC-funded bully entertainers, you know, taking advantage Mm. of an old man. And really, it's about, you know, who expects to put the radio on 
down and listen to some comedian they once slept with telling everyone about it to an audience of millions and she kind mm. of got shut out of the story there was almost a vibe of well look at her she's in a sexy dance troupe she's you know she she kind of got it coming she's already out there which wasn't the case at all and she she was very mm. embarrassed because as you say there's no shame in anything that she'd done but that's not the way you would choose to reveal that information to your grandparents and the hysteria reached a level that I can only describe as Princess Diana proportions to the point where on the 28th of October, so this is 10 days after, Prime Minister Gordon Brown weighed in. He called the incident <laughs> clearly inappropriate and unacceptable, an unsurprising take, but really strange that the leader of the country would be called upon to give his opinion on a raunchy piece on Radio 2. And then Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross were both suspended. Leslie Douglas, the controller of Radio 2, had to tender her resignation, you know, basically falling on her sword. And the BBC was fined as well, £150,000 by Ofcom. But it was also just a turning point in so many ways, I think. One of the things that happened as a result of this incident was what they called compliance culture happening at the BBC, which basically meant if you're doing a comedy programme any kind of remotely edgy humour, you basically Mm. weren't allowed to tell jokes on the BBC. (laughs) Jokes for (laughs) grown-ups. For about ten years, as a result of this incident, everything had to be box-ticked by someone who wasn't a comedian or had any understanding about comedy. And so, actually, I think there's a direct line from this into podcasting becoming the place where you went for edgier stuff. I think the most long-lasting change that came from it, though, is it facilitated the first example in this country of masses of complaints coming from people who had never even heard the original broadcast and that is now the world we're living in isn't it that is cancel culture i have heard of this thing having happened and though even though i'm not going to actually engage with what was said and when they said it what the context is i'm offended because other people might be so i'm going to say that person is no they no longer exist i mean that's that is what happened in 2008 with this story and it hadn't happened before like the principle was always quite simple you get offended by something if you are actually personally offended and you hear it happening and that's just not the world we're in now Ofcom don't cover podcasts so you know if you're offended by this go f*** yourself (laughs) (laughs) tomorrow things like throwing eggs at his perspex box using a remote control helicopter love the show support the show patreon.com slash retrospectors part of the ACAST creator network This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.